when I popped off Riding the cool with the top off I cannot fuck with no knockoff I'm in the stool like a pop star Damn it, I feel like an outlaw You wanna talk with a bout, dog? I'm in the room with the mouth lost I'm in the room with the mouth lost Yo, welcome to another episode of Big Facts Podcast Another weekend down of college football week three Bro, another set of crazy games that just happened we had some upsets we had some close wins by top ranked teams we just had everything you can ever want in college football another week and we in here bro hey z man good to have you back on the pod bro what's good with you what's up bro appreciate you yeah it was a great week man some great games i'm excited man let's get to it yeah man so first off you already know we got to talk about it the sec nation game of the week Alabama, Florida, Florida. Hey, look, we was down 21 to three in the first quarter. I ain't gonna lie. It was looking a little bleak, but I was like, okay, look, we just got to score, make it into a one possession game, two possession game, and, you know, get slowly back into the game, which is exactly what we were able to do because not only were we able to come back and make it a one possession game where we lost 31 to 29, but we were able to outscore Alabama 26 to 10 after the first quarter. And we were able to outgame them by over a hundred yards, 440 to 331. And Emory showed something, bro. You know, I, I and I've been rooting for this man all year, all off season. And he finally showed something where it's like, okay, I can lead a team and to almost at least beat Alabama. And honestly, if it wasn't for the missed, missed extra point after the first, you know, drive for the touchdown that we had in the second quarter by Malik Davis, I mean, it could have been 31-31 and we could have went to overtime, bro. But crazy game. And I really think it just set Florida up for the season, hopefully, bro. What do you think about it? Man, Man. so um, coming from a Georgia fan, I'm going to tell you I felt how I felt. I feel that 99.99% of America felt that Alabama uh, was going to go in there. You know, maybe start off a little slow. They had, they do have a freshman (laughs) quarterback in there. Uh, Well, not freshman, excuse me, sophomore quarterback in there. But it it didn't go how we thought it was going to go. Florida showed me something that I didn't think they had, and they showed me heart. Um, They showed me that they excel at two areas. The line of scrimmage, we talked about this before the pod, the offense and the defensive line of scrimmage. They, they're exceptional on both ends. Uh, they were able to simultaneously stuff Alabama, shut down the run game virtually, um, and essentially assert their will on offense. They ran it whenever they wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. They were gashing Alabama, really, up the middle, right through the heart of that defense, and that really tells you something. Um a part of it does want to say that uh, Gainesville, the atmosphere, definitely played a part. Oh, most definitely. If it was at Alabama, I don't think we go down 21 to 3 and get back in that game. You don't. At that point, then the tide <laughs> just rolls on, baby. It's a lost cause. It's a lost cause. Um, <laughs> and if we were to take that to the neutral site, maybe I'll, I could say I could see the same results, but maybe it'll probably get wrapped up just a little bit earlier. Uh, but Florida is not going anywhere. Um, I'm just realistically speaking, as an SEC opponent, because uh, I am a Georgia fan, um, Florida's not going anywhere. They're definitely still circled, how they're circled every single year, and they're definitely a priority. And we definitely need to get better if we want to, you know, make sure that we continue to what we want to reach to and reach the 
the SEC championship and beyond. But Florida definitely showed me something, and Alabama showed me something as well. They showed me that that defense is not as stifling as I thought it was going to be. Um, that performance against Miami week one, I guess I just have to chalk it up to typical um, Saban Miami. performance. <laughs> Miami and Saban performance, because I feel there's not a team in history. I don't care who you put together that can beat the Nick Saban team week one. The preparation is unmatched. It's, it's unmatched. It's unmatched. <laughs> it's unmatched. So, but I, the SEC is going to be fun. Uh, we got some games that are come up that's going to determine some things for us. But Florida's definitely a player. Florida's definitely not out of the picture to win the SEC. They're not out of the picture to get to playoffs. Um, Emory. Showed me something. I was worried when, you know, they were talking and the sideline reporters said that um, <clears throat> Anthony Richardson was a virtually no-go. Uh, Dan Mellon said he was only coming in on emergency situations if Emory got hurt. Excuse mm-hmm. me, got hurt. So uh, with that, I was a little sh- uh, shaky at the beginning. You know, like that first quarter, he was <laughs> so well. I'm like, is this, is this same Emory? Is this first year Emory? I know. Oh, he showed me something. Man. He showed me some heart. He showed me some grit. He didn't make mistakes. He came out there with some confidence and some poise. So it's going to be fun watching Florida going forward. Yeah, man. Like, and it, it just makes you realize that football is still a game of inches, and every point counts. Especially a team against like going up against Alabama, where it's just like, yo, like you can't make mistakes. And honestly, the game, it was only one turnover, and that was the interception that Emory threw while he was under pressure. But it's like, other other than that, it was a clean game, which is what you want to play against Alabama. You have to. I think the only thing that I wish we could have done is at least get one turnover or a few turnovers, which we had some opportunities, but, you know, we just didn't capitalize. But at the end of the day, you know, like you said, it was – it's a good game. You know, I think Florida's still in the picture. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens as the season progresses. But I just hope and I pray that we don't let this game hurt us in other games against the lesser opponents where we feel like we don't have to prepare like we prepared against Alabama. And we end up either, you know, hopefully not dropping any games until we get to the the Georgia matchup. So that's what I'm hoping. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but hopefully I'm pretty sure AR will come back. And I think that will yeah. help mm-hmm. things out. But one yeah. note about that, um, Florida has always been, no matter who the coach is, just based off the fan base and based off the people and the culture that's been instilled there, Florida has always been a team that feeds off of energy. So mm-hmm. I agree with you with that. Um, we got to watch that because emo- Florida is, and I, and I don't mean this in any um, insincere way, Florida's a very emotional team. They, 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 if they ride on that high, it's hard to beat them. But, but it's high, man. It's low. It's, oh, it's low. It is low. confused. Coaches are angry. Nobody is playing with heart. And that's, and that's the thing. That it – Will will this take you guys out? Take a little win, sell out of your wins because one more SEC loss, and that's it. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, I don't. Just speaking on Georgia as of right now, I don't see any challenges on our schedule besides you guys in Auburn. So um, and possibly Arkansas. Arkansas is a sneaky game, but that's at home. So if they take it close, I'm cool with it. But yeah, <laughs> we just gotta watch that because Florida plays. Let me see. Who did they play week four? We play Tennessee. 
Tennessee? Yeah. Is it at Tennessee or in the swamp? Nah, it's in the swamp. It's in the swamp? Okay. Well, then you guys should be good, but you just got to watch that. Um, Tennessee has came I, in I the swamp. Like, to me, Kentucky and Missouri are the teams that I feel like we just can't be low against them because they're the type of teams that, you know, they can make something happen. And that's why I'm just like, yo, look, like, we're better than them. If we play the way that we play, we play sound, solid football, like, we should win the game. But, you know, that's what makes college football college football is, hey, you, every week matters, and if you slip up, that could be a game. So, Well, I will say, well, yeah, I, I don't feel like you guys will have to worry about Kentucky. They've beaten you guys once in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's like hey, you look, know, Too many close calls for me sometimes. Yeah. Like these past 10 years, too many close calls. I don't like it. But I would watch. I would say just watch out for Tennessee. Tennessee has shown the ability to beat you guys. So I'll definitely just once out of Once in the last 12 years. So not really. Well, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> This is like, well, like you said, it's more close call games, you know? Yeah, yeah. For sure. sure. Now, the next game that, you know, college game day was there, Auburn and Penn State, they had the whiteout. Honestly, like, that was a really good game, too. It came down to the wire. And to be honest, it, it was a game of two different types of teams. I think Penn State was able to pass the ball. And I think their quarterback threw for, you know, he had 80% completion percentage. And Auburn was able to run the ball effectively with Tank Bigsby. He had over 100 yards rushing. Bo Nix had some yards on the ground. And they were able to establish a ground game. And I think the the difference in that game, there's two big plays in particular for me, was one, coming into the half, Auburn had the trick play that they fumbled to give Penn State the ball to where they were able to, you know, capitalize and not let Auburn take a lead. I think that was number one. And then number two was on fourth down, it was fourth and goal, and Penn State, who hadn't been able to run the ball essentially at all the whole game, was able to run it in, I think it was like from two or three yards for the touchdown that put them up 28-20. I think if Auburn would have stopped them on that play, I think they would have been able to go down the field and score a field goal to win. But because they didn't and, you know, the game progressed. But I think that was just the two key plays of that game. Yeah. And I definitely agree. Those are very crucial moments. Um, The teams were a little more even than I expected. Um, Auburn came in there and they played with – just they they had effort that I didn't expect would travel to Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. That was a, an amazing scene. It was beautiful. The whiteout, the the coordination. I mean, that's the marquee game for Penn State every year is that whiteout game. Beautiful. And you know what? But I got to give Auburn this, and it it was great. Like you, it, I I got to give them credit. And it hurts to say this as a Georgia fan. It hurts to say this, but <laughs> it's pretty is it's pretty badass to wear all white. To a whiteout game, whiteout, <laughs> like that's awesome. And you know they came in and they backed it up. You know they didn't come out there with the W, but Bo Nix came out. I've always liked Bo Nix since his freshman year. He has a DNA that is a baller. There are certain people that really? are baller, that are. I'm not saying he's you know NFL bound. I'm not saying 
he's the best quarterback in the SEC. I'm not taking any of that. But he yeah. has the DNA of a baller. Those are people who go out there and they give effort, they give heart. <clears throat> and, you know, it's not always there for Bo Nix. He isn't the most accurate quarterback. He isn't the best decision maker. But what you're going to get from him is heart and effort. And that's every time. And I see that every time I see Bo Nix play. Um, and he, he, you know, he didn't do that bad honestly to me i mean he he made some nice throws i think he had a, a few good back shoulder throws i think but the only thing was i think the only thing is he just overthrows yeah he didn't make the throws to win them the game exactly i think he made throws to help him stay in the game mm-hmm. but you know he just didn't make the the throws that it's like okay like this puts you in position to win like in those crucial moments i think that was the only thing about Bo Nix that, you know, he just didn't do. And that's something that Penn State's quarterback did. Exactly. They had a chance with D-Rob. Um, he played, excuse me, he played for Georgia. He transferred there this year. Um, he's a super senior. This is like a sixth season playing in um, college football. But he had a he had a moment where he ran a nine route, passed the cornerback. The safety was trailing him. And Bo Nix just airmailed it. He did that twice, but one of them was crucial. Like you said, it was in the fourth, and I, I really want to say it would have been the go-ahead touchdown, but I think it would have just tied the game. I think it would have just tied it, and he just airmailed it. And it, you know, like yeah. this is stuff that Bo Nix has done his whole career. Um, you would like to see him change and progress with that. Maybe, hopefully, he will. As the season goes on, and maybe next I mean, season, he's only a junior, so exactly he can't yes, come he back. Time. I want to say this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but when I say that gamer DNA, it reminds me of a lot of former SEC quarterbacks, um, Cam Newton, Tim Tebow. So where I'm kind of going with this, so, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, hey, look, yeah, yeah. I feel like if we would have got Bo Nix in a Dan Mullen system, I think we'll be looking at a totally different quarterback, and that's just me. Because I will say something, Dan Mullen, he, I don't know if I would say Dan, uh, quarterback whisperer, but he 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 does have a way of just bringing out what the quarterback does best. That's and, true. And at heart, Bo Nix is a runner. He is. He's a runner. He's a he's he's a runner. Runner. He is. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's one of those guys that's, that's a, that's a, he's not exceptional, but he's not going to break away and be like a, you know, like, like you said, a Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, or Johnny Manziel type. But he's a guy that he'll get you some yards. You know? He's a gamer. He's going to yeah. – he's not He's not looking to slide or he's not looking to get out of bounds. He's trying to get that yard. He's trying to get as much yards. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if he was in that type of dad brother system, I feel like he we would be looking at him and talking about him in a totally different light. That's just me personally. I was honestly surprised – that Gus Malzahn, he didn't thrive better in that system because Gus Malzahn likes running quarterbacks. Yeah. But I think for for whatever case, he just didn't. And I don't know why, but, you know, I, I he was a top recruit coming out, so it's not that he the talent isn't there. It's definitely. And I think that, you know, and, and you saw it. Like, Bo Nicks from – Playing at home to playing on the road is two different Bo Nixes that we've seen. But I think this is one of his better showings that he did have on the road. It's just now you got to go from that to being able to elevate your team to win. 
But, you know, we'll, 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 Auburn, Auburn will be an interest, interesting team to watch as well as Penn State because Penn State, I feel like the games that they have coming up against Iowa in week six and then Ohio State later on in the year, I think those will be two crucial games because, for one, they have to at least win one of those games, I think, in order to make it to the Big Ten Championship, for one. And then for two is – if you want to make it into the playoff, yeah, you could lose one of those games, but imagine if they went undefeated in the Big Ten. Like that would be like if they went undefeated and somehow, some way they lost in the Big Twelve and the Big Ten Championship, which would have to be a rematch, because they've already played Wisconsin. They, you know, would have played Iowa already. I think those are the two favorites coming out of the uh of the West. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like if they were to go undefeated in the regular season and then lo- lose in the Big Ten championship, I think they could still make the playoff. I think so too. Just because of the factor of they played, you know, the non-conference of, of Auburn, they played through a Big Ten slate that might be one of the hardest throughout all the ranked teams that are playing in the Big Ten right now, mm-hmm. and to have that sort of resume and the way some of these teams are playing right now, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they could definitely do it. They potentially. If they take advantage, they could have the best resume going into the playoffs. Just based off of you beat a ranked SEC opponent, especially if Auburn finishes like just ranked. If Auburn yeah, finishes yeah, ranked, like nine and three, eight and four type of season, yeah. yeah. That's a that's still a quality win. Mm-hmm. Um you went on the road at the beginning of the season to knock off Wisconsin, who I believe um is still gonna be a quality team at the end. Like you said, I feel yeah. still in the hunt to go to the Big Ten championship and possibly still win the Big Ten even though it's looking more like Iowa, you know. But yeah. regardless, and the same with the same for Iowa, you can flip the same and get the same results. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely believe that it's there um, because if you look around the rest of the country, the Big 12 is looking like they're, they may not put, some, put a candidate out there um, because I don't see a one-loss Big 12 champion getting over a one-loss Big 10 champion. Yeah, like, honestly, the Big 12 just hasn't looked convincing. I think that's the thing. Like, their best team, Oklahoma, has had two close wins over Nebraska and Tulane. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, if you do that in the non-conference, and it's like, even if you do well in your conference, it's just like the fact that if you look at their resume, their resume is bleak. Mm -hmm. There's There's no one on there. Like, no, but I don't think anyone in their non-conference will be ranked. And then you go to their conference, the best team is either Texas or Iowa State. And we saw how Iowa State performed against Iowa. Texas, they lost to Arkansas, so which is a good team. But if you just want to base it off of resumes, they won't have a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say Big 12 champion, but I mean. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, like, you know, like how there's a uh, the pack, the pack Yeah, like, you know, if you don't have good wins, a good resume, it, how can we say you're the top four team, especially if you're not convincing in your wins? Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, maybe, maybe they'll be able to slide in depending on what goes on, you know, during the rest of the season. But, you um, at this point, it's just all resume against resume. And I think if it comes down to that, they won't make it. No, definitely not. And so far, they just have not put up 
just any type of just anything that is willing to make you see or make you feel that they could show otherwise of what they've shown so far. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Rattler is, I, I don't want to say he's not the guy that we all thought he would be, but that's what he's not showing right now. The defense was going to, as we thought, was going to be a little bit better. Um, it has been a little bit better, but it's just, oh, they've just played very uninspired to this point. Yeah, and maybe that's just it because they just don't feel – they just don't feel like these games are going to contest. Like, they're not going to phase them in any way. So they're just kind of like, oh, okay, it's just another game. Like, right. it's something that they're just not hyped up for. <laughs> Maybe that is it. But, you know, because they had, I think, like, the odds against, like, them against Nebraska was, you know, they had them winning by 22. Mm-hmm. And they only won by a touchdown. So, I mean, not the shit sh- on Nebraska, them. but... Yeah, like they're not they're not the team they're not the nineteen nineties, early two thousands and beyond Nebraska. For sure. And I don't think they'll ever be that way again. No. It was just that was just an anomaly in a blip in time. I mean they were they were I mean, 'cause they were they were a blue blood program and I think with them and Oklahoma and and, and some of the other schools that were just, you know, you got the guys because you were the brand. But now that you're not the brand, it's what you have to offer. It also goes back to player development and players that came out. Because before the 2000s, really, well, before I'd say about the 90s, a lot of the best players came from the Midwest because a lot of their upbringing, um, you know, working on farms from a young age or Mm -hmm. doing field work, that produced some boys, that produced some dogs back in the (laughs) day. But as time has moved forward, you know, there has been a change and you're not getting those same in-state players because Nebraska could fill a team with those players that, you know, grew up watching that brand, grew up watching Nebraska and they're solid players and they could fill in a team. And like you said, they could take that that power in down to Texas, get a few speed players, take that mm-hmm. power in down to Florida, to get a few speed players and fill in the rest of their roster. And that's how they made championship teams. And, you know, a lot of teams back then, like Florida, some of the Florida teams blossom later, you know, Florida. The yeah, game the 90s, the 90s were the Florida. Florida really became Florida. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Which same for actually, Florida State as well. Yeah, which actually, you know, and, and Miami, yep. like from the 80s to the 90s and the early 2000s. But I think um, what you said about Nebraska and getting Texas players, I think that's one of the big things that's hurt Nebraska is they went from the Big 12 where they can recruit players out of Texas because they play Texas teams like, you know, Texas A&M, Tech, Baylor, stuff like that, to going to the Big 10 and how they haven't been successful in the Big 10 because they can't recruit in the Big 10. Exactly. And it's like, why would someone in Texas want to go to Nebraska if they don't play Texas schools anymore? So it's just like, I can never, you know, that – that whole like playing, just like being able to see your family at games and stuff like that, and you know that, that actually does carry a long way. So I just think that that really hurt them recruiting wise, which is why, because you know in the Big Twelve, there's a oh Nebraska's always going nine and four, nine and four. Like why can't we win more than nine games? And it went from that to moving to the Big Ten, and now 
like their overall record in the Big Ten is barely over five hundred, mm-hmm. and that that's just one of the the consequences of the conference realignment. And it really sucks because um, we didn't really our generation we really didn't get to see that that brand of Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska was always a solid team. You know, they had the, the tough defense, the hard-nosed defense mm-hmm. for, for our age growing up, you know. And when we were born, they were a power brand. They were yeah. up there with the Texas and the USC's and the Alabama. They were up there. They were it. They were the brand. The year I was born, they won. So Yeah, like, so I, they've had guys. It's yeah. just now that's just dissipated. And and like I said, it's just never the like development of those teams. Florida yeah. in the nineties and Florida Florida and Florida State in the nineties, like all those in Miami in the eighties, Flor all those Florida teams like early mid eighties is when the U I'd say became a power program. Yeah. Before then they were they were virtually unheard of, unknown, you know? Uh-huh. Um and like a lot of that was for the like Georgia, the same, you know. There wasn't that that brand didn't travel because at that time what traveled was Texas. Oklahoma traveled across the world. You yeah, know, like the you like know the U.S. the Michigan, Ohio yeah. State, Notre Dame. Like and those a lot of those players were going there. A lot of those like, why would I go to Florida State? No, uh, I'm, I'm going to go play. Yeah, yeah like where I know, like you know, I'm gonna get drafted and stuff because right. these like they play on national TV. Mm-hmm. You know. But now it's just like SEC has they've 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 done a number on everybody else since then. They have it it, because most of the talent comes from there. And and honestly, literally build a whole Florida team for the Gators or for Miami or FSU. You could build a whole Georgia team with just in-state players. Just Georgia, yes, like it's insane. Crazy, And, and and it's like. When you think about it, Alabama, a lot of their good players, though they have good players that come from Alabama, but they also grab guys from Georgia, grab guys from Florida. And it's like when they're able, and now they just do it nationally, but when they first you know, started being Alabama with Nick Saban, that's what they did is they took guys from Georgia, took guys from Florida, and they were able to build into that national brand again, which – now has stretched to where they can get anyone in the country. Like, go from Washington, California, shoot, Connecticut, like wherever they need guys, they'll find them and they'll get them. And not to mention, the state of Alabama has increased the number of blue chip players they're producing. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a crosswind of just... Like, hey, look, when Alabama's good, Alabama high school, like it just all trickles down somehow. Mm -hmm. It, it's it's interesting. It's been interesting to watch or just observe it for these past decade. But it's like, yo, like it's a lot of. And maybe they were just maybe they were good. And they just didn't get the exposure because they were in Alabama. But now they are, and it's just like, oh shit! Like who would have thought? Exactly. But yeah, this this just honestly, and we all know, just like the southeast is the hotbed for you know the best recruits. And I think that, you know, it's shown in the national championships. It's shown even, I mean, really just in non-conference and 
I guess the only place where you would think that it would be better, but it's not, is the ACC. But you know, they're just they're, they're having a they're having a it's rough. It's 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 real rough. And it, part of me thinks it's like, dang, like is it because people would rather play in at like the Kentuckys and stuff than go to a Wake Forest or go to a NC State or a Miami? Like, what's killing them? I'll be honest with you. There are too many North Carolina schools in ACC. If some of those schools weren't, because you got to think. Well, I think yeah. it's just because, you know, they're good at basketball and they're right. good at other sports, or it's just like we can't combine it. But I get what you're saying, yeah. Because you got to think, like, with all the players that are produced out of North Carolina, you got to think the top-end players from North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, they're usually going to Clemson, Georgia, UNC has done better about it, but I, I get like for if you want to look at the past, you know, five to ten years, then yeah, that's that's Elite definitely the case. Come out of that state, yeah. And then you know after that, uh, you know, North Carolina will come there, scoops scoop some up, and then you got to think the rest are fighting over like Wake Forest, North Carolina State, and yeah. you know, there's other teams in that state that are playing at a D one level, the East Carolina, yeah, <laughs> the Appalachian states, the you know. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of you know Duke. It's a, it's a lot of divide. It's actually crazy that App State is better than most of those teams. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it just goes to show the development at App State has is just really like. And you know, I know that they was really good in the FCS, but them transitioning to FBS and then you know saying okay, we're going to develop our players to be FBS level caliber while also recruiting players that fit our system. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a lost art sometimes when it comes to coaching is if you don't fit players that fit your system, how are you going to win? Exactly. It doesn't work out that way. Unless you're just like Alabama and it doesn't matter who's where, like it's just too many Alabama good players to not win. Best players and then build their team around it. And mm-hmm. because you guys think the one thing about Alabama that, and you know, there are other teams, I think, you know, Georgia and Ohio state and a little bit of Clemson as well is you're literally the way you recruit is it's always like best on best. And you know, like whoever starts is probably the person that just earned the job because there's definitely other people behind them. They were rated just as good, that played just as good as in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like, you know, how some people would play the favorite game. It's like, oh, well, he was highly recruited. So even though you're playing better than him, you know, we still want him to play. But it's like, no, y'all are probably the same caliber of recruit. So it's whoever's playing is playing, you know. I think you get to that point. I think Alabama has definitely made that a thing. Even with like people that are you know lower star recruits that end up playing over higher star, but it's because they literally play better and competition is key, and your your roster is so good that you can play that way, and people still want to come because they like to compete. Exactly. Jeez, but man sharpen man's like iron sharpen iron. Hey, he ain't lying. Like that's just. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. Yes, sir. I'm the trick. Just people don't want to play the game. <laughs> exactly. Yo, 
the upsets of this week. So there's three ranked upsets that we had. West Virginia over Virginia Tech, 27-21. They were at home. Michigan State over Miami, who was ranked 24th, 38-17. Michigan State did that on the road. And then I think the big one, Fresno State over UCLA. After UCLA had, you know, such a good start to the season, they ranked 13th. They lost 40-37. to And honestly, that Fresno State game, the quarterback, he played out of his mind. And UCLA, you know, Trent Kelly in the postgame interview, he was just like, yo, we threw the kitchen sink at him when it came, like, defensively, and he just made the plays. What what was his name? I think it was, like, uh, uh, started with an H, started with an H, Hayner, Jake Hayner. Dude played out of his mind. Fresno State actually, I think, could really just run the table the rest of the way. I really do. Like, they played Oregon close. They beat UCLA. And maybe that's an indictment on the Pac-12. But I think I'm going to just put it more as Fresno State is just a good group of five school. Um, yeah. Um, they're going to be a fun team to watch continuing. Um, to be honest with you, I did not catch that game. Pac-12 games are extremely late. Hey, yeah, you know I'm on the West Coast. So it's easier. <laughs> it's easier to do that now. <laughs> it's good for you because you literally get like a true full day of football. A full day. And then it's like the, all the games are over at 10. And it's like at that point I have the rest of my night still. Exactly. Whereas, you know, on the East side, well, them 12 games, uh, those are West Coast games don't end until like midnight, one o'clock. He's like, yeah, I'm not staying up for that. I remember just growing up, like I know in high school, you know, there was some real good Pac-12 games on a yeah. Thursday night that I tried and to get late as hell. <laughs> school in the morning in Washington State. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, bro. Like USC playing or Oregon playing. Yeah. yeah wasn't that USC, Oregon State that uh-huh. went to like two in the morning? With John like, Chris Rogers and Jaquiz Rogers, and they wound up upsetting. Yeah, that was the USC Oregon State. Yep, yep. That was that good. Was. That was a really was good game. But yeah, so, it's the, them late. It um, being on the East Coast is just it's tough. But again, then again, you know, like people who are like the casual fans. Like I'm a diehard college football fan. I try to watch as many mm-hmm. games as I can. I love it. It's my favorite sport. <clears throat> but like the casual fans, I know it's tough because if you're on the West Coast, it's like. Why would I get up at nine to go watch? You know, but I yo like I religiously. I'm like, if to me, I feel great about it. Cause I'm like, bro, I wake up early anyways. So I'm like, bro, college game day starts at six. Mm-hmm. Damn, game <laughs> starts at nine, and bro, by the time it's ten o'clock, all the games are done. I can still go out if I wanted to. You know, it's just like I don't miss night. I don't miss anything. That's the only. That's the one good thing about the West Coast. But the USC uh, UCLA, excuse me, upset. That just really disappointed me because I thought you know the Pac-12 has been down and decline in the last about four years, four or five yeah. years. And <clears throat> I thought this year we were gonna have a good disparity in some good matchups. You know, you have a Utah team that looks okay, looks solid. You got um, well USC. Which they actually lost. They lost to San Diego State yesterday too. Right, which is just, it's like, ah, you know, you thought yeah. you were going to have an Arizona State team. You thought you was going to have that, oh, well, Oregon, you know, they're still there. Oregon's the only one that's really kind of showing out right now. And they didn't even, like, they kind of, like, you know, stumbled through their game, to be honest yeah. with you. It's like, you know, you want it, like, I just, growing up, 
they like every conference felt like they were in it until the end. Mm-hmm. You know, with the BCS system, and now it's like teams are just losing left and right. You can't even enjoy it. like it's good, but then it's bad at the same time because it's like what's gonna be left? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like what, like are we gonna have a, this? Is this the year we have a two two loss team make the playoff? But honestly, it's like part of me. It it's funny because it's like the craziest year of college football that I've ever remembered was 2007 because it seemed like if you were number one or number two, you just lost. And it was so bad because it's like even even on the last week of the season, LSU lost to Arkansas in triple overtime and they were number one. Then West Virginia, West Virginia was number two. They lost to Pittsburgh. Then Missouri was number one, and they lost to OU in the Big 12 championship. And it's just like, bro, it got so bad that a two-loss LSU team, I think they were the last two-loss team to win the national championship because so many teams lost. And it was just the most parody I've ever seen in a college football season. It was it was it was pain, man. I was just like, we gotta get in, we gotta get in. That lost to Tennessee, that hurt us. That was pain. I cried after that because I'm just like, bro, why? Every year we just do that. We'd be right there. We just lose this game. We're not supposed to lose. Yeah. So that yeah that that year and honestly this year, I, I don't think this year will be that type of year, but it could be in terms of the playoff a two loss team getting in. Exactly. That's well, what I was. I don't like, think like the. I don't think the top team will have two losses. Think about the games and the matchups we have left. Nobody, nobody is safe. <laughs> I don't like there. I there is there is not a team in the top twenty-five that I feel, or not unranked. There's not a team period that I feel definite. Yeah, they can be there at the end of the year for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, lock that in. They're going to make the playoffs. There's no team that I felt like that. That was Alabama until they played Florida. And that was the last one because um, I I don't trust the Pac-12 team to make it to the end. Pac-12 teams lose at 12 a.m. Like, the most outrageous. Just dumb ways ever. <laughs> like, I'm, it, they lose. Pac-12 teams lose in such fashion. It's so frustrating because this is like UCLA. UCLA looked great. 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 Not great. good, not solid, but great. I'm like, okay, Chip Kelly's back. College football's back. This is this. Like, is I, I was thinking, I was thinking Oregon against UCLA. I think it's in week six or seven. Yeah, that was gonna like, be a major game. That, that was gonna be like the the undefeated against undefeated. Like I thought that was gonna be the major Pac-12 game, and then they just kind of fell fell off. Exactly, and at at this point, like. If like like the three best teams, I think are SEC teams in my opinion, who have played the best games, who have put who have put all who have given the best, because Oregon yes went into like I said went into Ohio State and got that W, but that's mm-hmm. looking less impressive by the week. Like it, it's just and if, they lose, if they lose a like if, if Ohio State wins the the Big Ten, then they'll they'll keep it. And right. I think even that, if they were to lose moment. one more game that's and beat ten and two, I think it'll still be a good win on their resume. Oh, definitely still a good win. But, but I just I'm feel saying, like if it loses a little bit of that shine, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, you know what? So check take take the scenario. If Florida wins out, Georgia only has the loss to Florida, and then Alabama goes undefeated but loses to Florida in the SEC championship, and every team has one loss. Would three SEC teams make it into the playoff? I think that would be the only scenario where I could say, damn, you know, depending on how the rest of the season goes, you the could only kind of that happen, in my opinion, is if the big the Big Ten has to eat itself alive. <laughs> I, I definitely see two, but well, well, that's the thing though, the Big Ten could still get one. And then it's like, well, if Oregon slips up, and depending on how they slip up, Clemson has already lost to Georgia, so and they have no good wins on their resume because there's no one in the ACC worth beating other than, I guess at this point you could say North Carolina, but we have to see you know, how that progresses. But that's kind of it. I mean, I think you could, you could, you could, you could put Cincinnati in if they go undefeated no. because no. they'll have. No, you don't think so. They'll, no. they'll, Cincinnati they'll needs have to come back win against Indiana. I'm not going for it. <laughs> no, but they, could, they, they could be. You know, they have Notre Dame still left on the schedule. Notre Dame, is Notre not Dame isn't. They're, they're not great, but it's still a quality one. I don't know. I think because Cincinnati was ranked high. They could still get in, and actually, one one team that um I have reservations about, but they keep winning big games is BYU. BYU's beating Utah. They beat in Arizona State. You know they have Boise, they have Virginia, and they have USC left on the schedule. If they beat those teams, and at least three of those teams are ranked at the end of the season. They might have a case. They no, that's not. No, a, hey, look, I'm just no. Yeah, I appreciate you never know. But Virginia, no. Come on, Marcus, please, no. Virginia, I think Virginia, way, I think Virginia. I think Virginia could be ranked at the end of the season at like ninety-three. That, that that's what that boils down to. Like, like you said to your, your original question, the only way I see three teams from the SEC getting in there, Big Ten has to eat itself alive. So what I mean by that, the Big Ten champion has to have two losses. <laughs> what happened? The Big Ten champion has to have two losses. You so who would be the last team in? Oklahoma. If Oklahoma wins oh, out. Oh, yeah. You know like, what? They could just run the yeah. table and it'd be like, you have to. Get- Even if Oklahoma loses one game, they've been shown in the past. No, I think if they, they lose one game, I think they'll no. be out. They're going to. Over who? That's what I'm saying. If it's three SEC teams, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten champion has two losses, and Clemson get that shit out of here. No, like, but see, if Oregon, if Oregon loses the one Pac-12 game, at least they'll have the big non-conference win that Oklahoma. But see, have. I don't know if they'll be able, to, if that'll be enough, because if Oregon loses, I don't, I think they drop, and I think they drop low. Because it, if Oregon, but, loses, if, but, if, but if OU doesn't run the table, I think they'll drop low because the Big Twelve isn't. Shit. It isn't, but OU has gotten that pass in the past. That's why I'm saying that. They have the, the, the committee <laughs> has given the them the would you say? <laughs> I said they've gotten the pass. Oh, yeah, they like it's happened multiple times. They've gotten that that nod. And truthfully told, I think Oklahoma is better than any team in the, the Pac 12. 
I don't think there's a team in the Pac-12 that could be Oklahoma. Better than Oregon after their win? Yes. Yes. I, I don't know. The way like Oklahoma Oregon. has played them recently, they haven't shown me nothing. Right. I like Oregon, but I just – something about that win doesn't sit right with me. And that's mainly because – hold on, bro. He called it right quick. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying, bro. It's uh, it's just one of those things where I just if it's Oregon with one loss and OU with one loss, I just see Oregon pulling out because of that non-conference. Like I think the committee will take the non-conference games way more seriously, especially since we didn't have them last year. I just think that I think that even though, like you said, OU is usually given that pass. I think the committee will put more emphasis on non-conference games because we didn't have them last year. I can I can see where you're coming from. That's a that's a solid point, and I agree with you on that. But truth be told, I just honestly feel like Oklahoma will just it, it just <laughs> because really, the brand Oklahoma just gets yes, because. <laughs> the Pac-12, like, is I, I don't believe in the teams that are ranked. After L, after UCLA looked so good and lose to Fresno State, who uh, Fresno State they they're a good team, they're a solid team. I'll give them that. You said the quarterback played out of his mind, so you know, and you feel like they could run the table. So I'm not gonna just discredit that team as you know another low level team that came in there not yeah. UCLA, but I. <laughs> I just I don't believe in the Pac-12 in the way that the committee would give them that nod because the com- yeah. committee has never believed in the Pac-12 like that. That's true. The last team, the last team from the Pac-12 that made it was 2015 in uh, Washington. Exactly, and they were undefeated. And you know, and they yeah. barely got in. So yeah, they were the four seed, and they lost yeah. to Alabama by a lot. Oh no, it was twenty. I thought it was twenty-four to seven. That's not that bad. I think it was worse than that. Was it? But if, I think so. But if it wasn't, then regardless, they didn't. They didn't have a good showing, offensively at least. You know, I give them credit because if it was twenty, yeah, it was twenty four seven. I give oh, okay. them credit because Washington traveled literally from one corner of the country to another <laughs> to take on Alabama, and you didn't get destroyed per se. Seventeen point loss isn't that bad. Yeah, to Alabama is not bad. Not which not puts it into perspective that it's like it's Alabama and it's holding that high regard. It's like, eh, like it could have been worse. Because if you look at you know talent against talent, you know Washington, it doesn't stand a chance. Exactly. But you know somehow, some way, though, I will say Washington, other than this year. Well, actually, even kind of this year, but Washington's defense is usually good. Yeah, they're going to give you some recruits that they get. They are they develop DBs and linemen very well. Mm-hmm. I do give them credit for that. That's that's a good program. I know they they started off real sucky this year, losing to Montana and and then to Michigan. But I don't know. Since they're in the Pac-12, they could bounce back. Exactly. At least get six and six. At least. <laughs> Don't know. All right, big games of the week next week. We have Notre Dame and Wisconsin at Wisconsin, and then we have 
A&M at Arkansas. Well, it's not at Arkansas, but it's in Jerry's World neutral site. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm thinking, I think, for one, I think Wisconsin beats Notre Dame. I think this is the the week that Notre Dame loses just because they've kind of been close every week. And I think Wisconsin is a team that will knock them off. And then I think Arkansas knocks off A&M. I think without – because I think A&M really – they haven't shown me much already, even with their other quarterback. But now that they have the backup, I just don't – and the way Arkansas has been playing as of of recently, I just see Arkansas beating A&M. And I think it won't be a blowout of any sorts, but I do think they at least win by 10 to 14. That run game stupid. Mm. The run game is nice. I agree with you on that point. Um, Arkansas, they're going to be fun. Um, They're definitely powerful on the line of scrimmage, uh, reminiscent of Florida. So I think that will definitely be a good matchup when that does happen, Alabama versus Arkansas, to definitely keep their eyes on that. And this will definitely be a good gauge. If they can knock off Texas A&M, somebody that I honestly picked to come out the SEC to – Make the uh, <clears throat> playoff as a fourth seed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I did. Um, <laughs> I had a little bit of faith in them. Hey, look, look. hey, hey my, my four seed pick was, was USC, so I can't say too much. I, well, I, the I, mean, I thought just, it was their year. They're not virtual. I mean, essentially, they're not out of it. So, we, you know. Yeah, they go. They run the table, they could still be in it, but. Possibly. So, yeah. Texas A&M and Texas A&M, if, they're, if this is going to be the year that they're going to step up and you know, show their chest and have some bravado about themselves. You know, this will be a time. Arkansas, that's a, that's a team of men. And yeah, yeah, it's a good quality win. They were able to come out of that. Yeah. If you want to, you, you got to be a man to go out there and to get get these championships, <laughs> to, to get these wins, to get these big games. You got, like, this ain't for little boys. Like, they get knocked off easily. You got to be out there mm-hmm. and play grit. So, in Arkansas, that, that's a team. So, you're going to get punched in the mouth. How are you going to take it? Because if you can't take a punch in the mouth from Arkansas, regardless of what you saw from Alabama this week, they're going to punch you in the mouth 10 times. Yeah. So this is a big show-me game for both of them. I think it will really swing the tide of who's going to be contenders against Alabama in the West. Yeah. Because I don't think LSU no. will beat Arkansas, and I don't think Ole Miss – Ole Miss – I think Ole Miss, Arkansas, and A&M – have the best chance of competing against Alabama. But I think Arkansas and Ole Miss at this point is a slightly better chances than A&M just because of the quarterback situation. I think A&M's defense is solid, but if you can't stop and – like if you can't score points, at some point your defense is going to get too tired. And I think that's going to be Texas A&M's Achilles heel against Arkansas – Especially with that running game, like it's, at some point, you can't you can't just get, keep getting hit in the mouth continuously and hold up. It's just that's just football. Like unless your players are just you know that much better, which they aren't. Yeah, I just don't see it. Well, I'll say this: um, we both agree that Arkansas is going to knock off Texas A and M um, October 9th. I think that is the battle of the two teams that are going to determine who's going to be the challenger to Alabama. And that's Arkansas versus Ole Miss. 
I think that game is going to tell us, and I think that game is going to provide us a front runner. Like you said, don't believe in LSU, Mississippi State, no. Um, no. Texas A&M, I've lost complete confidence in them. Um, they can still be a solid team in the end, maybe provide, you know. Like, I think they'll be that usual 8-4 and four type team that they usually are. 9-3 type deal, exactly. Yeah. Like I said, October 9th, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and I think that's going to be a really good game. Really good. Circle. circle who, who's, at, who's at home? I want to say it was Ole Miss. Let me double check. If it's yeah, like I think Rose, I think whoever's the home team, they get the advantage just because it's at home. Ole Miss, yeah. So I think I would lean, like you said, I would lean Ole Miss in that game. But mm-hmm. that is going to be fun. This is a great year. I'm excited. Yeah, the, the, since last year and not having to have certain games and having the all you know conference slate to now, it's like we get the non-conference plus the conference games are going crazy. Like exactly this year, I, I part of me hopes that this year has a lot of parity to it, like 07 did. But you know, we'll I see. We're right English, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just, you know, obviously, I want my dogs to go undefeated and win yeah, the yeah. year, but like, I, I don't know. Florida, they're not looking like pushovers. Auburn, it's still Auburn. That's that's yeah, a, rivalry. It's still a rivalry game. Rivalry game, you never really know. The deep pushovers, you know, and yeah. it's at Auburn. And then Arkansas, you can't be too worried of either. Exactly. So it's just it's it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Like it's it's a matchup. I can't wait. Um, next year, I don't want to get a little too ahead, but I just since we're talking about schedules, next year there are gonna be some really fun games. I know we take on one second because I think we're finna get into a swing of things going forward these next couple of years, especially if the format of the playoff changes, um, which I hope not. I don't know, cause if if it, if it changes, I hope it doesn't change until twenty twenty five. Why do you say that? Because that that's supposed to be when OU and Texas, you know, comes into the conference. And honestly, um, I think the other conferences aligning together is going to be a big reason why the format doesn't change to to twelve teams. And I think it's going to be because Everybody was for 12 teams until Texas and OU is going to the SEC because then it's going to mean the SEC has more teams in the playoffs, right. which you know the other conferences weren't anticipating. Now that they know this, I don't think they're going to try and go to 12 because I want. I think they want to limit the amount of SEC teams that make it into the playoffs because obviously you know they want their teams to have a better chance of winning. Right. So it's like right. you're not gonna want more SEC teams to challenge to get to the you know the championship game. So I think, and you know, it has to be a unanimous vote. I think in order for the playoff system to change, and I don't think you're gonna have that unanimous vote anymore. Right. I think what they, what the SEC should have did was they should have uh, held off until the vote already happened. And then announced that uh, Texas and, and OU was leaving, but it was a little premature. But I feel that they wouldn't have gotten away clean with that because um, <laughs> some stuff went down that wasn't supposed to go down. Regardless oh, for of sure. Whose end it came from? 
So, but, 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 but the thing is, is what, what, what the SEC commissioner, uh, Greg Sankey, what he said was OU and Texas came to them and they said the only reason why they invited them was because looking at the future, they'd rather have them in the SEC than them go to another conference. So they were just yeah, like, well, we'll I, don't buy that. I think it's the only thing we can go off of, but you know, because we know in the SEC, money talks. Oh, for sure. So, like, like, I, I just, I don't buy that. I feel like that's just a cover up story. I feel like that's just a public story. I truly feel that there is something else bubbling behind the scenes, behind the scenes. And I feel, you know, maybe not Greg Sankey, but maybe the office of Greg Sankey. <laughs> you know, somebody, somebody slipped in a notice on my, hey, you know, we're open if you're, exactly. if you're willing. I, I can see that because honestly, when it, when it comes to business, there's always deals on the side and like those just underhanded things that you would hope doesn't happen. And if, but in a perfect world, it wouldn't. We're not in a perfect world. Right. So, but shit, yeah, man. Hey, look, that's that's all we got through today, but I'm ready for week four. Same. Ready for week four. <laughs> Saturday can't get rolling, here. Man. Let's keep it rolling. This, like, this it, year has been great so far. We have had some, great. Have some big games. Uh, is Let's keep it going. I love it. Yeah, well, hey, look, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Catch us next Sunday. We're going to be rolling again for another recap of week four. It's going to be another crazy weekend, and I hope it's some more parody. Hey, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And, hey, appreciate you for listening. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah.